I'm Faith. I'm Maya. And I'm Allie. Have you ever seen The NeverEnding Story? It tells the tale of how stories can exist within stories and exist within other stories and so on. It is a giant frayed narrative, just like the other works that we read this year. Frankenstein, Ozymandias, and The Ride of the Ancient Mariner are only a few of these frame narratives. The poem we read called Man on a Sofa by Lee Sharkey tells the story of a man who is being written about in a book. The poem is a framed narrative, just like the previously mentioned works. In the second half of the story, it is revealed that the man is not entirely real, that he is a figment of our imagination. It makes us, the reader, think about how we, as humans, could be in someone else's story. Now here is a reading of the poem. Man on a Sofa by Lee Sharkey for Henry Braun. A man is lying on a sofa. The man has been reading. He has laid down the book beside him. The man's form is waiting to be occupied. Give him a name, Henry, say. Look how the form fills in. As if you could read in Henry's limbs, in Henry's countenance, Henry's dreams dancing in his head. The book by his side is Henry's companion. The book beside Henry is writing itself as we speak. Meanwhile, a dark night form in the shape of a man has occupied the sofa. Somehow it has taken the place of the man, the man we call Henry. Pick up the book the absence of Henry was reading. The book is night dark and brilliant. The book is writing itself as we read. Maybe, the book says, Henry has gone for a walk in the woods and found a small patch of small green lilies. Maybe, the book says, Henry has set off the new world with his backpack. The absence of Henry stirs in its sleep. Reading the poem is, in a way, a humbling experience. It's so simplistic, yet so meaningful. How could this world that we thought we knew be turned on its head by a mere phrase? Henry's shadow is more than the absence of Henry. It's the absence of the world as we know it. The existential nature of the poem opens up a new world of uncertainty and variability. If something this simple can be so wild and free, who's to say we as humans aren't all dust in the wind? During the first read-through of this poem, the existential elements really stand out because the beginning of the poem is easily understood, while the second half causes the reader to question Henry's life and in turn their own existence. The juxtaposition of these two stanzas show how one can go from certainty to uncertainty. The reader knows who Henry is because they are following his story. The writer gives him a name and Henry's book is writing itself as the reader reads. Suddenly, the reader loses touch with Henry and isn't sure what's going on with him. Something important to cover is what is an existentialist and why is it important to know about existentialists and existentialism when analyzing this poem? Well, an existentialist is someone who believes that people are born into the world without purpose. However, they do believe that everybody has the ability to make their own meaning in a meaningless world. As stated previously, this poem contains a lot of existential elements, and it's important to understand these in order to understand the poem as a whole. Henry is an existentialist because his fate isn't bound to the book that is being written, and is overcome by him running away because the concept of fate simply doesn't exist. The imagery throughout the poem illustrates the contrast between the existential elements of the second stanza and the simplicity of the first stanza. 
The imagery in the beginning is neutral since it is objective and simply describes what is there in contrast to the second stanza, which has both dark and happy imagery. These two very different ideas show our idealized view on the world and how everything is happy-go-lucky versus how the world could be if examined through a more dreary or even realistic point of view. We like the structure of this poem because of the way it is divided into two very distinct stanzas. The first stanza contains a lot of simple imagery that the reader can relate to and doesn't make the reader think existentially, whereas the second stanza causes the reader to think existentially about their lives, especially with the use of the line, the book is writing itself as we read. I think the line, the book is writing itself as we read, is the most significant in the poem. The line represents the tension within the poem and the distortion of our own reality. Henry is being written by someone else and the reader is reading about his life. Who is to say if our lives are being written about and read by another person? This line shifts the poem into its existential elements, which is an important part of our understanding of the abstract elements of the poem. Another important part of our understanding of the theme of existentialism is considering the perspective in which the poem is written. The narrator is describing Henry's life. However, they do not fully know what happens to Henry, and they seem to be questioning or deciding what happens to him. Henry himself does not speak, so our only perspective of him is through the narrator. Our limitation of only viewing Henry through the narrator connects him to make the idea that we may be within someone else's story. We may not get to share our own opinions with the audience which reads about us, just like Henry cannot share his own thoughts. Henry is free as he dreams for himself, and when he disappears to a place which the narrator does not know about. To quote the poem, quote, Maybe, the book says, Henry has gone for a walk in the woods and found a small patch of small green lilies. Maybe, the book says, Henry has set off the new world with his backpack, end quote. Henry must have gone somewhere, somewhere he chose to be. His story is still being written and read, even with its uncertainties, just as ours may be. The immersive and existential nature of our poem is another reason we like it. The framed narrative of the poem ties us, the reader, in with it. As we sit and read about Henry, we cannot help wondering if someone is creating our story as well, or if we are free to make all our own decisions. We are watching Henry, wondering if someone is watching us. The ambiguous ending of Henry's fate confirms this. It accounts for all the uncertainties in not only our life, but Henry's as well. The imagery of the dark figure that represents Henry not only shows the uncertainties of our existence, but also the uncertainties of whether we are just a character in someone else's story, like Henry, or if we are the most important part of of the story someone is reading about us. The figure is vague and more unknown than Henry, but replaces him in the story. Another interesting piece of this poem is that the book changes in response to the presence of the shadowed figure. The book was once Henry's companion and became night dark and brilliant. Typically, darkness represents evil or malicious intent. However, in this poem, it represents the unknown. The book becoming dark indicates that Henry's future is unknown, that the book can no longer predict Henry's next move or his next journey. It illustrates how in the real world, our own lives cannot be predicted, that we must decide for ourselves what we do which is exactly what existentialism emphasizes. It wasn't totally clear to us what the author's purpose in writing this poem was, but we had some ideas, including at the beginning of the poem, Sharky states that the poem is for Henry, the same name as the main character. 
So we believe that someone named Henry had a significant role in Sharky's life and she wanted to pay tribute to them. Another idea was it we explored was her experience in teaching. Lee Sharkey was a professor at University of Maine Farmington, and anyone who has experienced teaching will tell you teaching can change your perspective on life and teach you a lot about yourself and others. While she was teaching, Sharkey may have been exposed to more philosophical and existential ideas that influenced her work, especially this poem. Really, I'm not a fan of existentialism because it leads me down a rabbit hole of questions that no one really knows the answer to. And I like to know the answers to questions, so this can be very frustrating. However, I do like that existentialism makes you think about your life and the lives of others on a greater scale because most of the time we are focused on the small details and small inconveniences of our lives. And I think it is interesting when we see our lives from a bigger perspective. The poem, Man on a Sofa, really makes you think about your life and others' lives in a deeper way, which can either be fascinating, filled with existential dread, or both. Yes, existentialism can lead you down the rabbit hole, but it can also lead you to discover what life really is about. Making decisions for ourselves and being free to do what we want are only some of these discoveries. It also allows people to question their own reality and ask themselves, are things really as they appear? Only time can tell as we search for the answers to the mystery of life. Our existence is random and uncertain. We don't know who views our lives and who can't. We don't know who tells our story. Man on a sofa makes us think about our lives on a greater scale and how our lives may be just like Henry's. And like Henry, I wish you a good night.